Let's go, let's go, Okay, we are learning Lili Nishmas Imi Marasi Nechabas Chaim Zaydel. We are learning Lili Nishmas the Kedoshim of our Achenu Kolbeis Yisrael. Those who we've lost since October, October 7th. And we are also learning Bezichus, our Chayalim, our Tzaha. They should be victorious very soon, Bekarov, to eradicate the evil of Hamas and all of our enemies from our midst very, very soon. Okay, we are now in the Agadita part of Perak Aleph, which is going to expound upon pretty much the entire Megillah. We are five lines down. We just finished with 11 examples of where the word Vayehi, that begins a story or a, or a Pasuk, it represents something that is a Lashon Sa'ar, it's something of grief. However, the last word on the fifth wide line, it says, V'haksiv, but doesn't it write in Vayikra, Perektes, Pasuk Aleph, Vayihi, Bayom Ashmini, and it was on the eighth day. This is the eighth day of uh, the inauguration of building the Mishkan, V'tanyin, V'tanyin, Brisa, Oso Hayom, on that particular day, Ha'isa Simcha, Lifnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kiyom Shinivru Bo Shemayim V'aretz. On that particular day, the Brisa says there was a joy in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, like that of the day that the creation of the heavens and the earth took place. So that seems like Vayhi is not a day of, of grief. It seems like this is actually a, a lashon for Simcha. So Ksiv Hacha. Now, what's the comparison? Why was it the Brisa says that it was like the day when Hashem created the world? Ksiv Hacha writes here Vayhi by and it was on the eighth day. Ksiv Hacha it writes over there. Embracious Aleph Pasuke. It writes, Vayer Vayvoker Yom Echad. Vayi, and it was. It was Erev, it was Boker Yom Echad. So you see, there's this comparison here. And that's uh, the day of creation was a very special day. So what's the answer? It, that Vayi by Yom Ashmini can still have a sense of grief. So Ha Shechiv Nadav So the reality though is that on that particular day, Nadav and Aviu, the two oldest sons of Aaron, they did die on that day. They brought an Eish Zara, and their souls were taken from them. So that's actually the Tsar will still uh, retain that Vayihi potentially is always at least a mix. If you have Simcha, at least there's a mix of grief. Okay, now there's another question, however, of Axi, but doesn't write also. And this is in Malachim Aleph, Perik Vav, Pasuk Aleph. It says, Vayihi B'Shmoinim. Shana ve'arba meos shana, and it was on the 80th and four, the 480th year. This is when Shlomo HaMalach was going to build the Beis HaMikdash after Am Yisrael has entered into Eretz Yisrael for 480 years. V'aksiv, and it writes, V'ayhi ka'ashira'a Yaakov Rachel, and it was that when Yaakov saw Rachel, which was for Yaakov a very special day, he saw the love of his life for the first time. Now one could challenge and say, what do you mean, V'ayhi? It was the beginning of a, uh, much excruciating uh, emotional pain that Yaakov had to had to endure for 21 years in the house of Lavan. However, on that particular day, it was a beautiful thing. Yaakov sees Rachel of Haxi, but also writes, We still have and it was on the evening and it was the morning. It was the first day of creation. So these Vayihis clearly are representing something that is not grief. So what do we do? And not only that, there was a second day of creation where it says Vayer Vayevoker, and there was a third day of creation where it says Vayer Vayevoker, and by all the days of creation it says Vayer Vayevoker. So the word Vayihi clearly does not bring any grief. It was a beautiful thing. Kashbarach is creating the world. So what do we do here? 
We had is Vaihia a lushan of grief of tsar or not? So Amar Ravashi. So Ravashi explains. Kol Vaihi. Whenever you have the word Vaihi by itself, Ika Hachi Vikahi, you have times where it represents something of tsar and something where it represents, you know, regular, it could be simcha. However, vayahi bimei, but when it says, and it was in the days of, when you have that extra word bimei, then eno ela lashon sar. Then you only have, it can only mean a lashon of grief. And we have five examples, chamisha. What are they? Vayahi bimei. We have five examples of vayahi bimei. Havu. What are they? One, vayahi bimei achashverosh. That's what we've quoted already. It was days of achashverosh. Two, vayahi bimei shafot hashoftim. We saw this already. Days of the judges. That was not an easy time for Kal Yisrael. Three, when the when the four kings fought the five kings, it was a bad time, and Avram Avinu had to fight as well. Now these are the two extra ones. It was days of Achaz that also represented days of grief of and also the days of Yehoyakim. Okay, so there are five examples of It was in the days of, and that represents a period of time which is considered sar. Now. We have that was all really started from the teaching of Rabbi Levi, and some said it was Rabbi Yonah's son. But now we're going to continue with teachings of Rabbi Levi. Rabbi Levi, this particular thing has been passed down in our hands, may I have a say, from our fathers, which is Amots ve Amtsia Achimav. We have Amots and Amtsia, they were brothers, and Rashi informs us that. Amots was the father of Yeshaya, Hanavi, and Amtsiah was one of the kings of Yehuda. So Amos and Amtsiah, they were brothers. My Kamashalon, what is this coming to teach us? Kiha, it's coming to teach us that which to Amar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amar Rabbi Yonasan. It was coming to teach us what Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani said, named Rabbi Yonasan. So it's interesting, by the way, just to point out, before in the first teaching of the Vayihis, it was, it was Amar Rabbi Levi, and some said it was Rabbi Yonasan. Now we have Amr Rabbi Levi's teaching us this teaching of that Amos and Amsia were brothers, yet it says it's quoting in the name of who? Amr Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amr Rabbi Yonasan. So we have another Rabbi Yonasan. Interesting. However, it says like this. So what do we learn from this? Where does he get this idea that Amos and Amsia were brothers, and what does that even mean? So we learn that Kol Kalas, Amr Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amr Rabbi Yonasan, Kol Kala Shehit Senua Beves Chamiya, any Kala, any daughter-in-law, bride, which is modest in the house in, in the house of their father-in-law, Zocha v'yotzin mimeno malachim v'nevim. She will be yotz. She'll be Zocha. She'll merit to have from her, um, from her offspring, kings and prophets. Minalon. Where do we know this from? Meitamar from Tamar. Tamar being the daughter-in-law of Yehuda. Dichsiv as it writes in Bereishis Laminches Tesvav. It writes Vayira Yehuda v'yachshavel zona kichasa panah. So Yehuda saw her, thought that she was a harlot, a prostitute, because she was covering her face. So the Gemara expounds. It says, Mishum It's because that she covered her face that he thought that she was a zona. So how do we understand this pasuk? Ella rather learn it like this. Mishum Since Tamar always had the habit of covering her face. When she was even in her father-in-law's house, Yehuda's house, when she was married to Aaron Onan, the two older sons, and because Yehuda didn't even know, sounds like he didn't even know what she looked like, meaning Yehuda thought she was this Zona because the fact that she always covered her face, he didn't really know who she was. Wow. 
So therefore, Zachsa, because she was so modest in her father-in-law's house all those years, Zachsa v'yatsu mimena malachim v'nevim. Therefore, she was Zochah to have come from her kings and prophets. Malachim, what are the, who are the kings? Midavid. Okay, with David, the, the lineage of, of, of David stems from Tamar and Yehuda. And then Nevi'im, and how do we know that prophets as well came from Tamar? Damar Rabbi Levi, as Rabbi, sa- as Rabbi Levi said, Misoras Biadenu, it has been passed down to us, Me'avoseinu, from our forefathers, that Amos Amsiya Achim Hayu, right? That Amos and Amsiya were brothers. Uchsiv, and it also writes in Yeshaya Aleph Aleph, it says, Chazon Yeshayahu Ben Amos. It was the vision of Yeshayahu, the son of Amot. So Amot was the father of a prophet. And if Amos and Amsia were brothers, because Amsia was a king in the, in the Davidic line, so we see that, yes, kings come from Tamar, and also prophets such as Yeshayahu comes from Tamar. Now, another teaching of Amar Rebbe Levi, Rebbe Levi says, It has been passed down to us, this thing, from our Avoseinu, that makom Aaron eno min hamida, that the place where the Aaron stood in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it didn't have any measurements. It wasn't, a, it was like a, didn't take up any space. How does this work? So Tanya and the truth is, we also learned this in Ebrisa. It says, Aaron she'asa Moshe, the Aaron which Moshe made, yeshlo eser amos l'chol ruach. There was, when it was settled in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there were 10 amos that, uh, stemmed from it on each side. Okay. L'chol ruach on each side. Uchsiv, it also writes, this is in Malachim Aleph, Perik Vav, Pasuk Chav. It says, in front of the Devir, which is the Kodesh, which is the uh, the, the space of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It says, Esrim Ama Orech and Esrim Ama Rochba. It says that it was 20 Amos in, width and, in length and in width. Uchsiv, it also writes that Knaf HaKaruv HaEchad Esra Amos, Knaf HaKaruv HaEchad Esra Amos. It also writes that the wingspan of the Kruvim, each one was Esra Amos. So now if the, let's say the length is 20 Amos, and these wings of the uh, Kruv was also 10 Amos, so each one took half of those 20 Amos, then you have to ask yourself, right, so... If it's Esra Amos, the Kanaf HaKruv HaEchad Esra Amos, so if each wing was 10 Amos, and it was 20 by 20, so then Aaron Gufe Hecha Havikai, so the Aaron itself, the Ark itself that held the Luchos, where was it standing? Where do you have space for it? It seems like it's not taking up any space because we said that each side of the Aaron had 10 Amos. Now, if you t- let's say you take the west side and the east side, each has 10 Amos on each side, but the whole length was only 20 Amos, so where exactly is the Aaron? So Ella Lavsh Mamina Benes Haya Omid. Rather, isn't it coming to teach us that through a miracle it was standing there? But it's as if it took no space whatsoever. Wow, another beautiful miracle. Now one could say as well, maybe this is all connected. You can connect this to Purim. The idea we'll see later that on Purim Amisral was Makabla Torah again. But it was also a moment in time where these Nisim happened and you couldn't even see them. Just like the miracle of the Aaron. You didn't even know how it stood there. We knew that there was a physical arrow on there, but we have no idea how it actually stood in its place if it seemed to have taken no space. Okay, now the Gemara is going to give us, I think it's 16 examples of different Amorayim who when they would teach about Megillus Esther, they would start off with an introduction, quoting another type of Pasuk. So let's see what they all said. So Rabbi Yonasan, now it's interesting what we're talking about. We're, we're quoting first Rabbi Yonasan. Remember, he was the one that 
we always said it might have been either him or Rabbi Levi when it came to the Vayahis, and it was also Rabbi Yonasan that was quoted that um, that about Tamar, that when you're Tznius, you have Malachim and Avim coming from you. Okay, so here he's the first one that we're going to quote. Rabbi Yonasan, Pasach la Pischa lahai parsha. So he had this, he opened up with this introduction when he expounded upon this parsha, that being of Miguel Sester Mehacha. He started from here. This is Yeshaya Yodal Chaf Base. He said, I've come up upon them, and I've cut off to Bavel its name, Vishiar, and its relative, Vinin, and its offspring, Vinechad, and its posterity, the grandchildren, Nu'um Hashem. These are the words of Hashem. Wow, breaking down the Pasuk, what did Hashem really cut away from Bavel? So it says, Shame, Zaksav. So he cut away the name. That's the writings of Bavel. She'ar, the relatives, Zelashon. He cut down their language after their destruction. The language fell apart. Nin, the offspring, Zemalchus. He cut away the Malchus of Bavel. And then Venechet and the grandchildren, Zu Vashti. This is Vashti, who's understood to be the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. All of them were kind of destroyed, right? When Persia kind of took total control, you see the last link that was Vashti, she was out of the picture very early in the Megillah, and this was probably a beautiful way of him starting to darshan out the first chapter of Megillah's Esther. Okay, the second one, Rabbi Shemuel Bar-Nachmani, Rabbi Shemuel Bar-Nachmani, Pasach la Pischa la Hai Parsha, so this is how he, in, he introduced the Megillah Mehacha, from here it says in Yeshaya Nun He Yud Gimel, 55.13, it says, Tachas Hana Atzutz, Yalev Varosh, um, in place of the thorn came up the the cypress, okay, some type of plant, Vitachas and, and in the place of the nettle, Yale Hadas came up the myrtle. So this is how he would expound this. Tachas Hanatsuts in the place of the thorn, that's Tachas Haman Harasha. It's in the place of Haman Harasha. Sha'asa Atzma Avodazara, who made himself like an idol. He made people bow down to him. As it was as it was written, this is in Yeshaya, Parakzain, Pasakyud Test. It says, Uvachol Hana'atsutsim, Uvachol Hanehelulim. By all of the thorns and all of the um, brambles. Not really sure what that is. But in the context over there in Yeshaya, it had to do with Avodah Zarah, and it brought the words Nitzutzim, the thorns there. Okay, so in the place of Haman, who made himself like Avodah Zarah, these Nitzutzim, so what do we have? We have Yala Varosh. We have what came up in its place? The Cyprus. Who was that? That was Zemordechai. This is Mordechai, Shinikra Rosh, because Mordechai was called the chief. He was called the head, Lechol Habasamim. For all the spices in the uh, Chelbana, no, not the spices of the Katoiris. How so? Shinamar, as it says in Shemos Lamid, Chaf Gimel, Paraklamid, Pasuk Chaf Gimel, it says, and You shall take for yourself Besamim Rosh, like at the head of the spices, Mar Daror, this pure mire. And the Mar Daror, what does Targum say it was? Umetargaminan, Mare Dechai, Mor Dechai. Wow, so he came up, he was the, the Barosh. The the cypress that came up in place of the thorn, beautiful. This spice that Mordechai had. So much more to say on this. Okay, and then the next part of the pasuk is tachas asirpad in the place of the nettle. That's tachas vashti. That's in the place of vashti harasha. She was wicked. Bas benoshal nevuchanetzer harasha. She was the granddaughter of nevuchanetzer, the wicked. Shesaraf refidas. 
Beis Hashem, who burnt the resting place, the roof of the house of Hashem, right? Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first Beis Hamikdash. Tichsev, as it was written, this is in Shir Hashirim, Parak Gimel, Pasuk Yud. It says, "Rafida so zahav." Its top was of gold. So you see, the Rafida that it's talking about there was that. That's the one, the top, the roof of the Beis Hamikdash was what Nebuchadnezzar destroyed, and then, but in her place of Vashti, Yale Hadas. The Hadas came up, and that was Zu Esther Hatzadekes. This was Esther the righteous, Shenikras Hadasa, who she was also called Hadasa. Shnemar, as it says in the Megillah, this is Esther Bey's Pasuk Zion. It says, Vahi Uman es Hadasa. And it was Uman, it was to Hadasa, right? She was getting ready to go to Achashverosh, beautifying herself. And then the next part of that Pasuk, where it talks about that Tachas Anatsut was the Barosh, Tachas Aserpad, Yala Hadas. So the next part of the Pasuk in Yeshaya Nun Hey Yud Gimel, what does it say? It says, Vehayala Hashem Lishem. And it was to Hashem for a name. What is this? Zumikra Megillah. This is reading the Megillah. And then Laos Olam Loi Kares. And for an eternal sign that will never be cut off, Elu Yemeha Purim. These are the days of Purim. So he would darshan out, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman would darshan out this Pasuk in such a beautiful way to start off his learning of Megillah's Esther. Third one is Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. What would he say? Pasach la pischa lahai parshasa mehacha. He would actually introduce the Megillah with this Pasuk from Devarim Chaf Ches Samech Gimel. This is in the Tochacha. That's when you have the 63rd Pasuk. It's, it's even more than that. So what does he say? One of the psukim is v'haya, and it was kasher sas Hashem aleichem lehitiv eschem kein yasis laharazchem. Just like Hakadosh Baruch Hu is sas, he is rejoicing when he's able to do good for you. So too does he rejoice when he does bad to you. So now the question is umi chad Hakadosh Baruch Hu mefaltan shal rishaim, and is it really true that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is chadi? He rejoices when when the wicked fall. Now, in this context, because the pasuk really is talking about bnei Yisrael, when it says shal rishaim, it's a euphemism for the Jewish people. Think it sounds like that's what it has to be. However, the continuation of the Gemara does talk about how Hashem doesn't take joy in the uh, downfall of the actual Rishayim of our enemies. So let's continue. So it says v'haksiv. So the Gemara asks, hey, is Hashem really going to be rejoicing? It says kiyasis laharazchem. He rejoices to do bad to you. So is he really going to rejoice by the downfall of wicked? V'haksiv doesn't it write in Divrei Hayamim bet. Perik Chaf Pasuk Chaf Aleph. It writes, "Betzeis lifnei hachalutz." And we went out in front of the army. The Omrim Hodu LaHashem Kilolam Chas. And we said, um, "Thank you to Hashem for His kindness is forever." V'Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said, "Mipnei Ma Lo Namar Kitov." Why didn't we say Kitov? Right? We always use, we always say Hodu LaHashem Kitov. Thank you to Hashem for He is good. Why didn't we say that in that pasuk that we just quoted? Why does it only say Hodu LaHashem? Thank you Hashem Kilolam Chas for His Kindness is forever. We skipped Kitov. What's going on there? Beodazu. Why did we skip Kitov? Beodazu in this in this uh, Thanksgiving. So it is because Because Hakadosh Baruch Hu does not rejoice when it comes to the downfall of the wicked. That's not his thing. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, even though the wicked should be destroyed from the world, there's no reason to rejoice in that. That's what it sounds like here. So that's why they didn't say Kito for it was good. They thanked Hashem, but it wasn't so good because Hashem's not going to rejoice in the downfall of the wicked. Rabbi Yochanan said as well, why does it write in right in the beginning of Parshas B'Shalach, right before the Az Yashir, right before the Kriyas Yamsuf, it says, when you learn, and this is in Shemos Yudal when you learn those Pesukim, it sounds like the Egyptians did not get close to the Am Yisrael that entire night because there was a pillar of fire in between them. 
However, the Medrash, or this Gemara, it does quote differently. It says, Bikshu Malachi Asharis Lomar Shira. The truth is that the Malachi Asharis, the ministering angels, when they saw what was happening, like Kriyas Yamsuf, by the enemies having their downfall, the Egyptians dying, they wanted to sing Shira to Hashem. So Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to the Malachi Asharis, they say, Maisiya Dai, so Hashem said, Maisiya Dai, Tovim Beyam, Atem Omim Shira. I understand my creations are drowning in the Yam, and you are going to sing Shira? Chas how dare you do such a thing? And that's what it means, Velo Karav Zelze, right? Because we always say by the Malachim, the Karav Zelze Ve'amar, that they they say one to the other, and they, you know, they say Kadosh, right? But in that whole entire night, they weren't Karav Zelze, they weren't saying Shira that night. That's the medrash that the velo karav zalzat kolalila refers to. The angels didn't come close to each other, weren't weren't uh, saying opposite each other shira. Okay. Now even further to prove this, so Amar Rabbi, so that's really the question. Hashem doesn't say um, shira when there's a downfall of the enemies. So why is it in the pasuk that Rabbi Yisshua Malevi quoted in Devarim Chavches Samech Gimel? Why is it that Hakadosh Baruch Hu seems to say that he's yosis laharas and that he's rejoicing to do bad for them? So Amar Rabbi Elazar, so Rabbi Elazar says like this, sas. It's not Hashem himself is not rejoicing. That's not what he's doing. He's not going to rejoice in the downfall of Am Yisrael when bad thing when, when we weren't following the Torah and he punishes us. He's not going to rejoice in that. But what's going to happen? But the truth is that others will be made to rejoice. And you can also infer this from the puzzle. As it writes, Ken Yasis, so to he will make rejoice. And it doesn't write that he will rejoice himself. Ah, so Shmamina comes to teach us that it's not HaKadosh Baruch rejoicing, but there will be other people that will rejoice when Chas Shalom Am Yisrael finds moments where it uh, finds its downfall. Okay, and then, but then HaKadosh Baruch, of course, he will be the one rejoicing when good things happen to us. Okay, the fourth drasha, Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana, Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana said, so he would open up his inter- his uh, introduction to expound upon the Megillah from here, from this Pasuk in Koheles, Parak Beis, Pasuk Chaf Vav, as it says, To the man that's good in front of him, he'll be given wisdom, understanding, and joy. Who is this? Zed? That's referring to Mordechai Tzadik. It's referring to Mordechai Tzadik. However, in the next part of the Pasuk, it says, but to the sinner, he's given a task to gather and uh, to gathering up and heaping together. Who is this? Is that Haman? And that's Haman who's going to have this task, a bad task ahead of him. And then the next part says, in order to give good in front of Hashem. Who is this? Is that Mordechai? This is referring to Mordechai and Esther. As it writes, Esther as Mordechai al Haman. This is in Esther. Ches Beis, it says that Esther appointed, placed Mordechai upon the house of Haman, right from the Pasuk that we said that he's given, is given, that he's given for good. Hashem gives to good those that are in front of him. Okay. Fifth one, we have Rabbah Bar Ofran. Rabbah Bar Ofran says, Pasach la Pischa lahai Parsha. So this is how he would in, in, make his introduction. He quotes the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, Mem Tes Lamed Ches 4938. It says, I placed my throne in Elam, and I have I've, I've destroyed, made made lost from there the king and the princes. So Melech, 
So Vashti, the Melech, that's referring to Vashti because we said she was a great grand, she was a granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. And then Vesarim that Hashem is going to destroy, said Haman Vasaris Banav. The princes that he's going to destroy is going to be Haman and his ten sons. Okay, next one, number six, it says, Ravdimi Bar Yitzchak, Pasach La Pischa La Hai Parsha Samehacha. Ravdimi Bar Yitzchak, he would open up with this introduction. Ah, we're on Yud Aleph, Amud Aleph, 11a. It says, so this is what Ravdimi Bar Yitzchak said. Ki avadim anachnu, for we were uh, slaves. Vavadoseinu lo azavanu, and in our service, Hashem did not forsake us. Lo azavenu elokeinu, Hashem did not forsake us. Vayet aleinu chesed lifnei malchei paras, and He uh, extended upon us kindness in front of the king of Paras of Persia. This is from Ezra. Paraktes Pasuk Tes, from this Pasuk, that we were serving, but Hashem did not forsake us, and he extended kindness in front of the king of Pras. Amosai, when did that happen? Bisman Haman. At the time of Haman, that's clearly when HaKadosh Baruch Hu extended such a beautiful kindness for us. Now, Ezra, if you know that the history, the years, it seems like this is in hindsight, the story of Purim potentially already happened. It's not so clear with the years, but I think Ezra, at that point in Ezra, yes, I think the... Story already happened, so I, as we're saying, oh, Hashem has extended kindness to us. Let's do one more. We have number seven, Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa. What did he say? So he would start with this one from Koheles Samich, sorry, Tehillim Samich Vav Yud Beis 6612. It says, that you caused man to ride over our heads. We've come within fire and water. Ba'esh, we came within fire. That was Bimei Nebuchadnezzar, Harasha. That was in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, Harasha. He put, of course, the base of English to flames. And also he threw into the, the fiery furnace, Hanamishal Azariah. And then Uvamayim Bimei Paro. And then the water that we were thrown into, that was the days of Paro, when Paro threw the, the, the born children, the born boys, into the Nile. However, but Hashem took us out into abundance that was bimei haman and days of haman okay we're up to number eight we'll stop here yashir koach